everybody. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast. Meteorologist Andrew Gordon here with Chief Meteorologist Dave Turley. How is it going, Dave? Andrew, it's going all right. We are recording this on a Wednesday, February 9th, and we're finally seeing that sunshine out there. We are enjoying that because it's going to give us some much warmer temperatures, hopefully. Yeah, and you know, we <laughs> did not have the sunshine this morning. In fact, I woke up to a freezing fog advisory working the morning show thinking, man, Knew we were going to have fog, but um, this advisory doesn't come around too often, and we didn't see any uh, effects from this. But I do want to explain what freezing fog is. It's kind of along the same lines of freezing rain, where you have super cold water, which by definition means that it's below freezing, but it's still in a liquid state. So that, there's some physics that gets involved there, but just know that the water itself colder than 32. So what happens is that when it then touches an object that is 32 degrees or below, it will instantly freeze. So with freezing fog, you have the same kind of issues as if you had freezing rain, just not seeing that precipitation falling, you're driving through it. And it was very patchy today too. Did not last long enough for us to have any sort of impact whatsoever. No reports of any icing anywhere. But just think about like, you know, you've got by definition here with fog, temperature dew point meet the same number. That happens at 32. Sometimes the air becomes saturated. Saturation, you got a condensed form, a cloud at the surface. But those droplets in there are technically freezing, still liquid, super cooled. Those come in contact with anything that is 32 or below, it freezes. So what were we looking at today? Well, temperatures weren't, weren't really cool going into this. If it was freezing going into it, this would have been an issue. But soil temperatures, uh, metal temperatures, we're talking about roadways as well as signage, tree limbs, everything, every surface was above 32. So even though the air temperature was 32, those super cool droplets didn't have anything to latch onto, then instantly freeze or else this would have been a bigger issue. I just wanted to kind of clear it up because I know that some people woke up to that advisory uh, in, in Statesboro and Glenville, places like that, this morning that it was by definition, yes, you had fog, zero visibility at 32 degrees, but the surfaces themselves had to be 32 as well for freezing to occur onto it. So kind of like what we were talking about when we had this uh, freezing rain potential a couple of weeks ago, roadways, the, the soil temperatures were above freezing. So it wasn't as big of a concern. Right. And the main concern was really for the bridges and overpasses with that last event. Right. And that was a concern still roughly with, with this because uh, they could get a little colder air underneath them, which allows their air temperature to drop. But you mentioned we were above freezing. So any right. concern of freezing fog goes out the door if your temperatures are above freezing. Right. And it was so brief. You know, areas were at freezing. I think the coldest temperature I, I saw today, and there wasn't even fog there, was 30. So it, it's not something, you know, it kind of has to be a little bit more prolonged as well. So you get a quick, like, hour, hour and a half of freezing with fog in place, you're not going to have any impacts. Thankfully, that was the case. Weird one. We've had people ask about it today. Just wanted to talk about it because I, I've been here about four years. We've never had a freezing I was fog just advisory say, since I've been here. I did that morning show for over 17 years. I don't remember ever doing a freezing fog yeah. uh, advisory for so that. Just, it's it's very rare. Yeah, and if you want to look up pictures of it, it they make you know these, these pretty you know scenes. You know, oh, yeah. If you look at freezing fog, and then like type in a tree or something, they look like they're out of frozen or something. They're really cool. You don't want that to happen in your backyard. But that is something that briefly could have happened. We got right above freezing with the sunrise coming up right afterwards. It was not prolonged at all. But 
these events actually can go on for long, long periods of time, typically way further north of us when right. they've got moisture in place as well as uh, just the temperatures getting down. The colder freezing. air yeah. usually so more often. Yeah. It, it was just an interesting setup. I actually talked to, to one of our meteorologists up in Charleston too, and he and I were both like, we're scratching our heads, but we were like, hey, you guys don't have any impacts, right? I'm like, no, we don't either. So we were watching out for each other because this advisory actually went through Georgia, South Carolina, and going up into North Carolina. So it wasn't just an isolated area that the weather service was looking at. Just interesting to wake up to because I didn't really see this as um, something that there would be an advisory on. And thankfully, there was nothing that really constituted it needing to be there. But a good learning moment or teaching right. moment for yeah. people. So, you know, that kind of leads into an anniversary of sorts here that something I was, else is also very rare. Yeah, something else very rare here. And that was, as they deem it, the Great Southeastern Snowstorm. This was in 1973, February 9th to the 11th. And the bulk of the uh, snow associated with the storm was really across the inland areas of South Carolina and even in parts of the inland areas of Georgia here north of the Albany area, in between like Albany and the Columbus region. They had reports close to 20 inches, but they had a, about two feet of snow uh, just west of the Charleston area. So a little bit further inland Savannah area getting official, I think it was 3.2 inches of snow, which puts it one of the biggest yeah. Uh, of uh, snowstorms on record. And a couple episodes ago, we talked about, we kind of ranked the the snowfalls um, here in Savannah specifically. So that this would be an, under one of those, a top five probably. But some areas that don't typically get these numbers, I mean, you had 16 and a half inches in Macon from this storm, 18 inches up in Darlington, South Carolina. It'd be cool to see the the raceway looking, looking all snow covered. But Charleston, yeah, over seven inches. That's something you don't typically see. And What's interesting is looking at the snowfall map for this, Dave, you even saw traces going down I-4 there between Daytona going down toward Orlando. Going to Orlando, Crazy. yeah. So, and and the, the, the setup for this is something that we do see a lot. It, it really has to do with an area of low pressure, which is off the southeast coast. Sometimes they form near Florida, then move out to our east. So that uh, is associated with that moisture being thrown in from the Atlantic because all low pressures here in the northern hemisphere are going to have that counterclockwise circulation. So that's going to throw the moisture in from the Atlantic. The question is always, uh, is there any cold air? How much cold air is in place as that moisture is being thrown in? And for this case, plenty of cold air was surging all the way down and through Florida. And then with that low pressure moving in, bringing in that moisture instead of rain, and when we had a lot of precipitation, it was in the form of snow for a lot of the Southeast. And we're going to have a kind of a similar setup here. We have actually an area of low pressure off our coast now moving yep. away. All the moisture is off the coast. We have another little low pressure expected move in here coming up for the weekend on Sunday. Doesn't look like we're going to see any type of snow, but wow. we'll have to wait and see if we see any precipitation with this. You know, a lot of everyone's always asking, you know, why it doesn't snow here. And, and it's, it's pretty simple with these setups. If you have a, a, a counterclockwise rotation there in the atmosphere with the low to your south, that means on the end of it as it's pulling away from the coast or moving up the coast you're going to get that northerly northwesterly breeze coming in ahead of that that means you have the moisture in place we're usually going to have the moisture we don't always have the cold air so if that cold air was in place then the low comes in you get snow what we're always looking at here it seems anyways is that as the low is pulling away that cold air is playing catch up that's the best way to kind of visualize this that moisture is still there and then on the northwest side of the low wrapping in that colder air on the back side of it that's whenever 
you kind of get a sliver of a chance that you get this wintry precipitation. And, and that's how it's looked the past couple of times. We've always watched like, oh, it's been raining all day. It's been raining all day. Might change over. Might change over briefly. But that's that cold air trying to play catch up. And it's harder to change temperatures, to drop temperatures or raise them when moisture is already in place. It takes more energy. And it's called a specific heat value. Gets into a lot of things that, I don't remember all the numbers for right now, but the more moisture there is in the air, the harder it is to change a particle a degree up, a degree down. So if it's already raining, which is what we typically have with these low systems, and you're going to have to have that cold air overtake it, it's just harder to do. So a few hurdles have to be jumped for those things to happen. Usually doesn't here, which is why, you know, we were not making a big deal out of it, but we were informing people of the chance of wintry The possibility. There it is. Because, what, twice in 30 years? I mean, it just doesn't happen. So it, does, it doesn't happen that often. Even flurries are, are a big deal here, even though it doesn't cause any travel concerns. Just, just to see flurries, because you mm -hmm. don't get into that often. So you get some kids who are maybe five, six years old, never seen snow. Uh, so every, you know, five years or so, you can get at least some snow flurries. Uh, so it's something that uh, you like to see every so often. Just don't like to when it sticks around because we're not usually prepared to handle the clearing of the snow. If the snow sticks around, any ice out there, we don't have any lot of de-icing right. uh, products down here to get rid of that stuff. Yeah, and if and if it's around, it's probably up in the bigger cities like Atlanta or for South Carolina up in you know Columbia, Columbia. where they actually get more of that. And you know, it's funny that we're even talking about freezing fog now when we have temperatures close to 70 in the forecast as we get into the weekend. Of course, we never stay one temperature too long here, uh, either hot or cold. And we are going to get up to 70-ish on Saturday. That system comes in. We were just detailing how that low is going to come in, bring in the rain chance. Not everybody sees rain. But we are all going to cool back down Sunday going to Valentine's Day there on Monday. But, Dave, having 70s in the forecast, even if it's February, makes me – get a glimmer, a little hint there of springtime. Spring. And something else that, you know, I do the, the sunrise forecast, coffee forecast, dog walk forecast. I try to put the sunrise or sunset on there because I want people to know, like, this is dusk, this is when things are going to get dark, or this is when it's going to get light, and hopefully you can plan your time around that if you don't want to be out in the dark. Well, in February, for our area, we gain about 40 minutes of sunlight in February. So the 70s match with a little bit more sunlight, even though it's just hardly noticeable each day, it adds up. It gives me something to look forward to, even though I'm not quite ready for us to be, you know, blazing hot yet because we get no, we don't want to get 70 percent of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you mentioned the, the warmer, the, the more sun, and that actually coincides with the more sun you see, the higher the sun angle and the more sun that would certainly begin to warm your temperatures up. So that's why this time of the year. We're already past the coolest time of the year for us. We're into our warming trend. February is a little bit of a slower warming trend. Uh, we start out with average highs in the low 60s, and I think at the end of February, our average high is still about 68. So not warming up all that much, but we're going in the right direction if you want to see those warmer temperatures. And more sunshine is the main reason why we will see those temperatures begin to warm up every day. Yeah, I'm all for it here. It's, uh, it's something to look forward to, and, and thankfully, I know... Um, for folks that are going to celebrate Valentine's Day on a Monday, if you've got dinner or whatever you, you're going to have there, this forecast is looking pretty good. It looks like we're going to have you know afternoon temperatures, upper 50s, maybe 40s for dinner time if you're going to be out on a Monday. This weekend doesn't look bad either for Friday, Saturday. But Dave, I know here we go again. You and Sundays, uh, you and your tennis matches every weekend. It's just know. this pattern that we're in. 
There is a potential for seeing do some to, to upset <laughs> Mother Nature. I don't know. The only thing I do during the week right now is I try to play some tennis on Sundays, and it's yeah. been basically rained out. We got rained out last week. There is a potential for seeing some showers in here. Now, computer models are suggesting all of them are saying they're going to be rain showers. Question is, how far west does that rain extend? That low pressure is going to be moving along the east coast again. Is it going to throw enough moisture inland to wash things out? Um, now, looking at this stuff, the drier model, the, the European has been pretty consistent keeping a lot of those showers just off the coast. Yeah, or like right or along, right along yeah. the coast, that latest run today. The GFS was like, okay, it's a little further in. Maybe sit back towards Statesboro yesterday. Today, it's also right along the coast. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, it, it's there's well, going to be a chance for some showers. But it also could be one of those days where, like, oh, it's just close to 70 for a few days. Let me go to the beach. And then it's just the coast that sees all the clouds and some showers, but inland areas are dry. So still fine-tuning that one, but uh, that's our best chance of rain really for the next, what, a handful of days at least? Oh, easily going into next week because once we get that out of here, Valentine's Day, as you mentioned, will be nice. Mm -hmm. Cooler than average temperatures next week, but at least it'll be dry. I might not get out of the 50s, though, Monday and Tuesday. So you will need to dress warmly if you are heading out for Valentine's Day night. Good advice there, and we'll talk to you guys next week, and I hope you are having a great one here. Enjoy this warmer weather the next few days, and we'll catch you next time. This has been another edition of the WTOC First Alert Weather Podcast.